Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Matthew Collar here. We're talking Vikings football five days a week on Purple Daily, available on Apple, Spotify, and the Score North app, or wherever you find your podcasts. And look, if you're tight on time right now and you can only listen to one segment from today's show, here it is. Yeah, and you know the reason that Bill Belichick gets away with that? It's these things you put on your finger. <laughs> Rings? Yeah. When you do it when you're Mike Zimmer, it just looks what, like you're, it looks like you're panicking before a big game. When you do it after you have six rings, then it looks like you're just the goat, and you can do whatever you want. I don't know if Mike Zimmer's ever really understood the difference there. Uh, apparently not. Just you know, it's also Friday. He's had to talk Monday, Wednesday. He does his little private stuff with you guys on Thursday. Look who, look who would defend him. Look, look. Uh, what the, a guy, turn. The, guy, the guy who was most likely to get in his face is sitting here defending Friday press conference. Senseless one. I just, uh, it, it is Fridays are the worst because nobody, oh, everybody's we're got all out of questions, everything. Yeah. The rag has been wrung out. There's nothing yeah. left. It's all injuries. And we know he's not going to reveal anything anyway, except, except with the three did. technique. Except by being that way crusty, he did reveal who was playing nose tackle. It looks like it's going to be Jaleel Johnson and Shamar Stefan will play three technique. Thanks, Mike. All right, now we bring in... I think uh, he's lying. From, I don't think he is I, because he got really like, I don't know, sort of annoyed with the question and then just shot that out of his face without <laughs> thinking. Uh, all right, now we bring in our friend uh, Eric Eager from Pro Football Focus. Shamar Stefan at three technique as we've learned and Jaleel Johnson and knows, Eric, how much trouble are the Vikings in facing the Cowboys' offensive line without Linval Joseph? Well, it sounded like Zimmer had a real normal one today. Um, <laughs> Sometimes, for a Friday. Well, if you watch the Monday night game, the, the Giants being less than stout up front defensively really helped Ezekiel Elliott have some holes that you know the three of us could run through, probably with arms locked. So. It's going to be tough with, uh, you know, without Linville in there. I thought that that was one of the advantages that they had. Dallas likes to run the ball probably a little bit too much. And with Joseph able to hold the point of attack, that would have been a, probably a, a matchup the Vikings could at least hold serve with. Now it's going to be a little bit questionable. And then you bring up the fact that they really struggled rushing the passer, you know, in, on the interior. And, and having Joseph out there is simply not going to help that. Eric, was it been surprising kind of how soft the Vikings' pass defense has looked, considering that's always been the sort of the strength of their defense, or at least their uh, the pride of Mike Zimmer, having uh, been such a stout defensive backs coach over his career. It just seems like it's been so leaky lately. Well, you know, the, the issue is, is Xavier Rhodes has always been the straw that stirred that drink, and and he, you know, as you know, Matthew pointed out, you know. Mini camp, training camp, he's lost a step. 
and it had started happening last year, and we've seen it manifest itself even more. Uh, you know, you know, against Washington was you know very very wide open, and then last week, you know, Trey Wayne is a decent corner in the NFL, but he's just simply not good enough to match up with Tyreek Hill either with speed or as we found out, you know, with the ball in the air either. So. Um, you know, they've done a decent job drafting their replacements. Mike Hughes, you know, Mackenzie Alexander, but both of those guys have missed time. So they're not, a, you know, the Vikings aren't exactly in a position. Holden Hill missed time with a suspension. So they're not exactly in a position to have replaced those guys by now. Maybe they will in the future, though. Eric, what do we think of uh, if the difference between if Amari Cooper is in and if Amari Cooper is out? Because it seems to me that Dak Prescott has been a different quarterback since he's gotten Amari Cooper in that trade. Yeah, they've won. I mean, I think they went 8-2 down the stretch last year with Cooper. Um, and, you know, this season, they've really, the games they really struggled offensively is when Cooper, you know, missed some time. So it really hurts them. Michael Gallup's been a pretty good player at times this season for them. Obviously, Jason Witten can still get you the ball, you know, with the ball underneath. Cobb and, you know, Tavon Austin are sort of more the slot underneath guys. So Cooper is really the one, the number one receiver on that team. So it really would help Minnesota uh, should he be out. We were talking uh, in the first segment a bit about whose seat gets hotter with a loss. Uh, Jason Garrett obviously has been kind of avoiding the guillotine for a little while down in Dallas. Mike Zimmer maybe not so much, but you know if this team falls to six and four here, and, and Matthews kind of pointed out their schedule isn't very forgiving. Uh, how difficult will it be for either coach to kind of uh, lose a primetime game like this and kind of lose their momentum? Well, yeah, Dallas has uh, one of the top. I believe five or ten toughest schedules moving forward as well. So it's really it is it's basically the same idea for both teams. You know, uh, the only difference is Dallas is still ahead of Philadelphia, and Philadelphia hasn't really shown the consistency this year that teams like Green Bay have. So um, you know, I don't think the Vikings' chances of winning the division are particularly high. They go up a little bit with the win here. Um, but if I look at which seat is hotter, it's Zimmer's because. Dak Prescott's been up and down in his career, but his floor is so much higher than Kirk Cousins. He played poorly last season. He still got that team to 10 and 6 and a division title. When Kirk Cousins plays poor, we all know what happens. So, uh, even though I think, you know, Kirk's ceiling might be a little bit higher just because of his down the field accuracy, um, if I'm, if I'm having a team that has some perturbations, I'm going to go with Dak. And, and hence, I think even if Dallas loses this game, Dak could probably carry them to a 9 or 10 win season, uh, regardless. Eric, I don't know if I've ever asked you your opinion on this. I mean, the the Kirk Cousins win-loss record in primetime, win-loss record against good teams, and, and on and on and on. I mean, it's all you hear about. I guarantee you, after your friend Chris Collinsworth slides in next to Al Michaels on Sunday night, it won't be very long before he mentions what Kirk Cousins' record is in primetime because they always show it at this point. Is that a thing that we should like take that seriously when we go into each one of these games because the rest of the schedule is in prime time basically yeah i mean they're in prime time for one reason and that's because they're an okay team to good team playing a okay team to good team and you know cousin's career he's played for washington teams that topped out at nine and seven his minnesota career this has been the best team record wise he's had and so the, the Kirk Cousins in primetime thing is just another way of saying Kirk's an above average but not great quarterback because in those games he plays a great quarterbacks and, you know, above average to not great quarterbacks probably do go 5-30 and 30 or whatever against great quarterbacks. Hey, speaking of primetime, last night the Raiders come back and find a way to beat the, the Chargers uh, by a couple of points. 
on Thursday night, and they're squarely in the AFC playoff race here, despite being in their lame duck season in Oakland. Should we be thinking about John Gruden in the uh, Coach of the Year conversation? Wow, that's a hot take. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, that defense is horrible out loud um, <laughs> in terms of giving up the passing yards, in terms of giving up rushing yards. Um, they they traded away their only you know, good defensive player last year. They traded away their only, like, young, good corner, uh, like, you know, this season in Gary on Conley. And yet, Derek Carr has been facing pressure at almost, you know, league low rate. And he's done really well as a result. And, you know, I, I put Carr in that same conversation with the Kirks and the Dax and where you build a, a infrastructure around him. It's not like they have, you know, Antonio Brown playing wide receiver for them. They have Tyrell Williams and, you know, uh, Hunter Renfro, you know, it, Foster Moreau at tight end. They're not exactly like this juggernaut offensively. And Derek Carr is playing extremely well, and I think John Gruden deserves a lot of credit for it. Eric, in the uh, area of not Minnesota football team questions, uh, let me just throw this random one at you. Cleveland Browns, your thoughts. You, this summer, when I was in Cincinnati there with you, you said it's a lot easier to win seven than it is to win nine in the NFL, so Cleveland might disappoint you. Two and six, though. I, I don't think I had any thought that they could be two and six at this time. PFF loved Baker Mayfield coming out, and he looked mm-hmm. the part in his first year, and it's been exactly the opposite this year. I mean, um, Cleveland, your thoughts? Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clear that as of right now, you know, Baker Mayfield has a lot of growing up to do. It, he hasn't been as bad as his statistics are, but his statistics are bad. So um, it, it's a lot of these things where if you get the royal flush of badness, you know, terrible play calling, receivers that don't respect the coach or the quarterback, uh, you know, drops, uh, poor fourth down decisions, injuries on defense, you can get exactly what the Browns have done. And so – I still think they're talented. I still think Baker has a bright future. Uh, but unfortunately, I think the only solution for that team is to get a different head coach, and that's going to be really hard to do considering that would be their third head coach in as many years. Uh, Antonio Brown's back in the headlines again. Yay. Uh, so he's uh, basically saying, F the NFL, I'm never going to play for them again. Uh, he's due to meet uh, with the league to discuss his playing status in, in the wake of his uh, his allegations that have rendered him moot i guess a little bit but i i'm curious what what is his value now at this point of the season and never mind whether teams politically should take a chance on him um is he still a a prudent pickup at this point yeah throw away the personal things which you can't but throw those away and i think he could benefit a team like minnesota frankly i mean what the the biggest excuse me the biggest wait what the biggest Really? <laughs> the, uh, I, I somebody was saying that in the just because Steelers hurt. Uh, yeah. No, but well, I, even I wouldn't do that now, though. Uh, even even though I yeah. was the I was the defender of the idea, um, I wouldn't do that now. But but go ahead. Their biggest issue on Sunday, you know, they had a lot of issues on Sunday, but their biggest issue is it, was, it, it looked very clear that they didn't plan on Steelers getting hurt again because. Yeah. Yeah. You know, in the in the Washington game, they they played a lot of heavy sets. They sort of. Uh, de-accentuated the fact that they're, you know, they were only a t- receiver too deep. The fact that they were throwing the treadwell all that time on Sunday was meant that those routes were for Thielen, and 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 they they did not adjust on the fly. And that's the problem when you only have two NFL caliber receivers on your team, maybe two and a half if BC Johnson counts the half. So 
that you know they could it could really help Minnesota, right? And he could he could help Oakland too. I mean, their receiving core isn't great. Carr is just elevating himself above the whole fray. Now that would be hilarious if he went back to Oakland and re-signed oh, yeah. for the playoff run. Uh, That's Aaron, a Raiders Al Davis that, type oh, move. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, all is forgiven. Please catch the football. All right. Um, before we let you go, Eric, ninety-eight Vikings or ninety-two Cowboys? Oh wow, that's a great one. Um, the underrated aspect of those Dallas teams was that their defense was amazing. Yes. I mean, their defense got Dave Wanstead a head coaching job with the Bears, and then a head coaching job again with the Dolphins. So because you know they're they were a juggernaut offensively, offensive line was terrific. Obviously the triplets, and then their defense I think was probably twice as good as the '98 Vikings defense. It's the '92 Cowboys. Yeah, I can't make a case, except for just being historically good at the time for the 98 Vikings on offense and the general belief that offense will win for you more than defense will. But they were fourth in yards in offense and first in yards in defense in 92. Then they put 52 points up in the Super Bowl. I remember, Murph. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. I'm glad you yeah. mentioned it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I, I don't. Where would you put them all time? I mean, I think 92 Cowboys is as good as any team that we could ever try to stack them up against. Matthew, your ability to trigger Vikings in like a third order way is so great because <laughs> the reason that they're one of the top five like teams of all time, I know why, is that their <laughs> their secondary players were all Herschel Walker picks. Right. Alvin Harper was like some random number two receiver who happened to be a top fifteen pick. Right? Like, you have Michael Irvin on your team, and you just get to spend a first-round pick on Alvin Harper, right? Darren Woodson, uh, Russell Maryland. Yeah, like, that team was stacked, and I think, you know, it was – I mean, obviously the Patriots are a dynasty, but, like, the Cowboys in that mid-'90s are, like, the second-to-last true dynasty in the NFL. Mm-hmm. And I think for that, I mean, you put, I put them in the top five. Yeah, I can't disagree. I mean, I, I even think that if – even though I am the biggest Troy Aikman defender because I saw him take apart – the Buffalo Bills in multiple Super Bowls and play super, super well. Uh, I think if they had Jason Garrett as their quarterback, they would have gone like 11 and 5 uh, in most of those years. So, well, um, Barry, Barry Switzer took over that team from Jimmy Johnson and won a Super Bowl. Like, that's right. how stacked they were. Is that Barry Switzer is like half the coach of Jimmy Johnson, <laughs> and it still didn't matter. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, the PFF forecast is your podcast, Eric. What are you forecasting for this game on Sunday night? See what I did there? Oh, man. Oh, man. I would say. Uh, you know, so Dallas is three-point favorites, I think, right now, is my check. Um, if you're a betting person, I think you probably want to take Minnesota with the points. But I think Dallas probably – I think Dallas wins by a field goal or less. Okay. Yeah, I've got it as a fairly low-scoring and tight game between two pretty even teams. Eric, uh, thanks for jumping on on short notice. Really appreciate you, man. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you, sir. Follow the PFF Forecast podcast with uh, Eric and George Shahuri. They do a great job. And follow him on Twitter – at PFF Eric, he likes to antagonize Vikings fans from time to time. So make sure you do well, that. Well, they ask for it. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. Now, you mentioned something interesting that I've been thinking about lately is the Viking fan mentality. <laughs> I've, about, I've been fascinated by it since I lived here. Uh, yeah. And I was talking with someone who is from the East Coast about this. And it's interesting because... It's like the people in the East, including Buffalo Bills fans where I was before, they burn hotter and they're angrier after losses by a lot. Uh, They're ready to burn down the stadium after every loss. But I also think that they're much harder to get to give up. So you'll be two and five if you're the Buffalo Bills, which was a regular thing when I was there. And you would still have a 
a full stadium every single week. You would have people who were arguing, look, look, they only lost by a field goal in each one of those games. If they just make the field goals, then E.J. Manuel will be fine. All we have to do is have Brian Brom come in or Kelly Holcomb or J.P. Lossman step up this week. I believe he can do it. I think that they were much harder to get to finally admit that their team wasn't going anywhere than Minnesota fans with almost anything, but especially this team. Um, but even this team is good, and it's 6-3, and three, and there still right now is a feeling of like, I don't know, I think we're going to blow it again. It's, it's, it's almost impossible to overcome if you're the person trying to say, like, look, I mean, they have a team that can go somewhere, that what you run into is this giant wall of, eh, we're Minnesota, I, you know, Kirk the Cousins. The and- fatalism runs very deep here, and it does for for good reason. As somebody that's been here 19 years as an observer and a chronicler of it, I kind of, I get it to a degree. I mean, you've got, uh, okay, no, what is it? Okay, boomers, right? Isn't that the phrase? Uh, yeah, the kids yeah, are using? yeah. So they've got their 0 for 4 Super Bowls, right? And then everybody else since then has had to endure six consecutive NFC championship game mm-hmm. losses. And as we've said before, two or three of them have been in biblical fashion. I mean, that's just... <laughs> Like, these are once-in-a-lifetime type defeats yeah. that have happened. New Orleans, 41 Donut, Philadelphia. Uh, the first one in Washington in the late 80s, they had a chance to win it Wilson. at the goal line. Yeah. I mean, you look at the 98, Gary Anderson. I mean, these are all epic, mm-hmm. epic losses. And I think that just, you know, it, it takes away um, a, a, a it it kind of grabs a little bit of your soul, I think, a bit, and I, and and you can't look at it in a vacuum. You got to look at it as a as a as a pro sports market. We are a pro sports market. I mean, the Gophers they have their moments here and there, but mm-hmm. let's be honest, they've been an afterthought. It's a pro sports market, and what you have is, you know, yeah, the Twins won a couple World Series, but their playoff failures the last fifteen years are well chronicled and were uh, amplified just a month ago by the Yankees again, of course. Uh, you have the Wolves who have been sort of non-existent and playoff failures. The Wild have been f- failures if they even make it. You lost your NHL team. They mm-hmm. actually left town, picked up stakes and said goodbye and left you holding the bag. Mm-hmm. So I look at it as, as I understand why people are bracing for something. There always, there's a sense that something, there's a dread in the air. It's November. It already feels like January. Winter's already here. People are complaining about it already. What the hell is that? I mean, we had no fall. It's just where did it go? It just there was none. You're on a great rant here. I I am. I just because I just where did it go? I feel it from people. I married into it. Uh My wife's family. They're all fatalists. Mm -hmm. They all expect it to go down badly. So the optimism has just been drained by several factors, mostly of which has been underachievement and failure. Do you think that Kirk Cousins is the perfect quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings? <laughs> for these times. Right? I is mean, he not? Is, isn't he, though? For like, these times. These people, every big game, will go into it Because that's what they need. Lose, is that, That's what lose. they want is a milk toast, gosh darn it kind of guy that just... Can't quite win the big one, but it's so like he's kind of likable, right? I mean, yeah, you, you don't root against the man, no, definitely, not. you know, or the boy, or whatever he is. Um, the man boy, uh, he the beard just, has helped, you think? No, I don't know, not really. It, no. it, it, it doesn't look legitimate to me, and maybe if it goes a little longer, but he couldn't, he, couldn't, no, he let it go longer, but, but then he can't chin strap, you can't get the chin strap on. But if he, if he went a little bit more duck dynasty. 
What do you think? Oh, Ryan Fitzpatrick has proven that you can get the chin strap on if you let it go. Yeah, that's true. Uh, that far. I don't think that he's got that in the plans, probably. He is more of a straight-laced type of guy, and he is sort of understated, which I think Vikings fans would appreciate. I just mean I, that... They could, it, but I think they want to, They want somebody to go in there and strangle somebody, right? They want to, they want to take out their, their anger. They want... They want they want retribution for all the failure. Yeah. And instead they get, oh, golly gee, I'm sorry I didn't do well. Yeah, they get, well, what they get is kind of the guy who gives them what they expect. Like you went into week 17 and you expected last year for them to somehow come up short, even though they should have easily beaten the team that wasn't playing for anything. And then they did. And you go to last year, you know, you go to Seattle on Monday Night Football, like, okay, here's your chance to potentially get yourself into the playoffs with a win here, and instead you come out short an offensive coordinator, right? And it's just kind of been uh, exactly what Vikings fans probably thought it was going to be when they signed him, of, okay, there's way too much hype here, this has got to go sideways somehow, and the sideways somehow so far has been you just can't win a game that we all get excited about. And I even feel it here where a, a game like this, should be, in my mind, one where you wake up each day going, we are closer to that Dallas game. Wow. And I haven't gotten that feeling from the fans, and my connection is mostly through social media, obviously, but I follow a lot of smart fans and ones who tweet a lot, and I have not gotten the feeling of, can't wait for this game. It's entirely, There's dread. this is going to go wrong. There's right? dread. There's right. always a sense of dread, and I think that has been because, except for the miracle. Maybe the miracle, the six days leading up from the miracle to Philadelphia, yes. there's another example. There's another example where mm-hmm. your soul was just kind of stolen a bit. Because yeah. you thought maybe this has exercised all those demons, right? Of course it has. And then to go lay down mm-hmm. in Philly like that. I think it's a good point that not only does that impact it, but you know the 98 team being historically good and then losing the way they did and having... Even the Twins this year. I think that was a gut punch for everybody. Absolutely it was. I, a, I mean, the crossover is probably 90% people who like the Twins and also like the Vikings, yes, right? Yes, you, I mean, you, you can't just put each one in a box because right. it's the same fan base. I mean, you set the record historically for home runs. Like, Babe Ruth's teams didn't hit as many home runs as you did, and you couldn't hit it all against the New York Yankees in the playoffs And, again. of course, that was the big boogeyman that everybody was afraid of, and, of course, the boogeyman came alive from under the bed. Now, here's the question, though, that I have never quite figured out. I've never believed in it, but the longer I'm here and then coming where I came from, it's hard not to. Do you think it impacts the teams? They'll all tell you to the end of the day, no, 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 no. I'm not even from know. here. I'm from the Dominican. What are you talking about? Or whatever. Like, But I wonder if it affects, because how could you go into a place and have everyone talk this way and everyone feel this way about your franchise forever and have you be like, oh, no, I'm isolated from that? Yeah, I, I don't I don't necessarily buy that. I think it's two separate entities. I think you got a, a group of professional players and coaches who are in a bubble in so many ways, yeah. right? I mean, I'm not saying they ignore coverage or ignore social media and uh, they feel it, uh they see it and they hear it, but I think that I think they tune it out for the most part. Uh unless you're the clown on the uh the Jets who went off on his fan base, then obviously that that uh, that usually doesn't end well. A bad choice. Um but I I don't. I don't want to believe that. I, I really don't. Because, and then I'm not saying that, that that there's a disconnect between the fans and the players and the teams. But I just, I I feel like that's 
that's a that's a cheap excuse. You know, I just think that it's like, no, you have a job to do. And, you know, I don't necessarily think the 2019 Vikings have to answer for the 98 Vikings. Yeah. But the fans, they have to answer for that. They have to absorb all of that and take it all in. Um, That's what colors their uh, behavior and their expectations. And I think with the current team, since you've been a part of those massive disappointments, that uh, you end up feeling that. Is like yeah, yeah recent he, history, right, absolutely. Yeah, recent history, the, the, the lay down from after the miracle. Yes, I think this team feels that pressure. You think they win? No, I don't. Okay, now leave. <laughs> no, that, that's okay. I'm taking a close win, close loss. Yeah, I think it'll be a close loss. Uh, as you said, what twenty one seventeen? Yeah, I'll just flip it. Okay, I'll go twenty three twenty. Uh, Brian Murphy, great to have you. All right, thanks for having me Fun, again. As always, uh, Myron Metcalf coming up next. We'll talk a little gophers with uh, Daniel House at 3.30. We'll be back. You're listening to Purple Daily here on Score North. Football fans, it's Mackie here for Federated Insurance. You might not know this about me, but I've been a business owner a couple different times in my life. I can relate to the roller coaster ride, the never-ending sea of problems to solve, the exhilaration of those incremental wins. If you're a business owner, I recommend getting to know Federated, which has over a century of experience in protecting businesses and making them as successful as they can be. You want a company like Federated standing behind your business. Visit federatedinsurance.com to find your local representative. Federated Mutual Insurance Company. It's our business to protect yours. This holiday, whether you're making a Baker's Simple Truth Turkey for 40 or a Murray's Baked Brie for two, Baker's has fast, fresh delivery and free pickup so you can make holiday meals that bring you all together to create memories that last. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Free pickup on orders of $35 or more. Restrictions may apply. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Bakers, fresh for everyone. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.